Now, let's talk about Anchor for a second. It's probably the easiest way to make a podcast. One of the biggest reasons being it's completely free. Anchor has built-in tools to let you record and edit a podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so people can listen to your podcast on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Best of all, you can even make money from your podcast with recorded ads that you can choose to put in your podcast episodes, just like this one you're listening to right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Hockey Talk, giving you up-to-date news and information from around the NHL. Now, today I'm going to be doing a almost part two of what I post on Friday, which I'm going to be explaining the upcoming restricted free agent class. So I'll be going over the top five restricted free agents from each position, so forward, defense, and goalie. And just to let you guys know that these numbers and stats are as of April 28th. So if anything is wrong, anything, that might be because I recorded this and all these stats are from April 28th. So jumping right into it, our first restricted free agent on the list is Matthew Barzell of the New York Islanders. Now the Islanders only have about $3 million in cap space to re-sign restricted free agent Matthew Barzell, Taves, and Ryan Pollock. And I know for a fact that Barzell is going to ask for a lot more than $3 million. So the Islanders are going to have to um, make some cap room so that they can re-sign all three of those players. Because I think that it is definitely a big item on their list over the course of the summer to get these three players signed. So I'm guessing that Barzell will demand anywhere from eight to nine million dollars a season, and maybe even upwards of ten million for at least three years, and maybe at the highest six years. Now Barzell had 19 goals, 41 assists, and 60 points in 68 games, and he is definitely capable of being a point per game player. And we've seen him do it in the past couple seasons. And it is very vital for the Islanders to re-sign Barzell because he is, in my opinion, the main guy in New York. So I think that it's imperative that they re-sign him. Now, I don't think it is really worth offer-sheeting Barzell because the Islanders will most definitely match all of the incoming offers as long as they have enough cap space. If a team offers Barzell like $14 million for some reason, he's definitely not worth that at this moment anyway, then I don't think the Islanders will be able to match that, but I don't think anyone in the NHL has the cap space to do that. So if anyone tries to offer sheet Barzell, I think that it will be matched by the Islanders. Now going on to our second forward in the restricted free agent class, we have Anthony Mantha of the Detroit Red Wings. Now, the Detroit Red Wings only have just a little under $2 million to work with. So, and that's really the only player that they have to get re-signed over the summer. 
So I still don't think that Manta will um, ask for under two million or make a deal for under two million. It's just not happening. Uh, Manta will most likely demand five to six million for around five years with Detroit. Um, he had 16 goals, 22 assists for 38 points in 43 games this season. So I think Manta has the potential to be a point-per-game player, but he's not quite at that stage yet. Right now, on a good team, Manta is a top-six player, maybe a second-line left wing. But on the Detroit Red Wings, he's a first-line left wing because they have a really bad team. But Manta is also definitely a part of the core in Detroit. So I think that Detroit should definitely try to re-sign him if they can. So I do think that offer sheets could potentially um, happen around Manta. I think teams looking for depth and just another top six guy that's not super expensive but can definitely provide some scoring and some depth on teams. So he could definitely potentially be offer sheeted, but I think Detroit, if they make some cap space, like they have a lot of older players that are buried in the AHL that are making tons of money. If they um, buy out contracts, then they could, they can just create some cap room and have enough <clears throat> to sign Mantha and match offer sheets if they come. Now, third on the list is Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Luke Dubois had 18 goals and 31 assists for 49 points in 70 games. Now, the Blue Jackets have just around $5 million to work with this summer. And they don't really have... Well, actually, no. They have to get their two goalies signed. Well, they already did get Corpy Salo signed. But they have to get Merzlikin signed, who is also a restricted free agent. Um, and we'll talk about him a little more later into this video. But I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is definitely first on the list to get signed over Merzlikens because like uh, Barzell, Luc Dubois is definitely the main big superstar in Columbus, especially after uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky and all those players left last summer to free agency. Um, he's definitely the... Uh, main guy there in Columbus and he is a big reason why that they are still fighting for a playoff spot even though no one thought that they could be in a wild card spot but they are. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois does have potential to be a point per game player. I'm not sure if in the past couple seasons he's hit that marker yet but I definitely think if Columbus surrounds him with good playmakers and good scorers that he could definitely be a point per game player. Um I think that he's going to ask for anywhere from 6 to $8 million for four to six years. I definitely think that's reasonable for how much of an impact he has on uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that's fair. And I don't think that any offer sheets will be given to Pierre-Luc Dubois, but if any offer sheets do get um, offered to <clears throat> Dubois, then they will most definitely be matched. <clears throat> now, um, they don't. They have five million to work with, like I said. And <clears throat> even if he does ask for eight million, I do think that they will have the cap room and find some way to make cap space for Luke Dubois and Merzlikens. 
And next up on the list is Max Domi from the Montreal Canadiens. Now, Max Domi had 17 goals, 27 assists for 44 points in 71 games. Max Domi is definitely one of the better top six players in Montreal. Montreal doesn't really have like a big guy that's like, like some teams have one big superstar, but um, Montreal has a bunch of really good players. So like Max Domi is one of those guys. He's a great second line center. He's great for some depth. And as of right now, Montreal has 4.5 million to work with. And there's really no reason why Domi shouldn't be re-signed or try to be re-signed. I think he could ask for anywhere from 5 to $7 million for three to five years. I don't think that offer sheet, an offer sheet will happen, but if it does, it should definitely be matched. Um, that's the case with a lot of these players a lot of the time. Um, I don't think that there will be offer sheets because offer sheets don't happen as often or very often at all so I mean last season with the big RFA class we only saw one um, offer sheet given and it was matched so um, I don't think that that's going to happen it might happen once or twice with some of the not as big name players but I just offer sheets don't happen that often so and the fifth forward that I have on this list is Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres Reinhardt had 22 goals, 28 assists for 50 points in 69 games with Buffalo this season. And Buffalo only has about 800000 to work with, um, especially since they gave, last season they gave Skinner that huge, huge contract that definitely wasn't, wasn't a good contract. So, and it is imperative that they re-sign Reinhardt because he's um, their first-line guy playing with Eichel. And Reinhardt is definitely going to ask for four to five years at eight to nine million tops. I don't think he'll want, I don't think he'll ask for upwards of $10 million because that's just unreasonable. And I don't think anyone would sign him for that much. And I know Buffalo wouldn't sign him for that much. So again, I don't see any teams trying to offer sheet Reinhardt and he's a really big piece in Buffalo, like I said before, he plays first line right wing, and he's um, the first power play center. So he's a big, he's a big piece to the Buffalo team. And with only eight hundred thousand to work with, it's gonna be hard to do some retooling that they'd like to to try to get back in the playoffs. But um, they, I know that they'll try to definitely make that happen. And yeah, so moving on to defense, the first defenseman I have on my list is Tony D'Angelo from the New York Rangers. D'Angelo had 15 goals, 38 assists for 53 points in 68 games as a defenseman. Um, D'Angelo is one of, if not the Rangers' best defensemen. It's either him or Jacob Truba, but um, the Rangers have around $3.8 million to work with. So a decent amount of cap space, not as much as they would like, obviously, but um, a decent amount of cap space. They have to get D'Angelo, Georgiev, and I think that's it. I don't think they have any unrestricted free agents that they have to sign, but just D'Angelo and Georgiev, 
and 3.8 million. I don't think that they will get both of those players for 3.8 million. But um, yeah, they'll definitely try and make some cap space. Um, he's definitely a player that they have to resign um, because he'll, he'll be one of the reasons that they make the playoffs and that they will be good and consistently make the playoffs for years to come. Um, I think D'Angelo will ask for four to six years at five to six million, which isn't bad for how much he contributes to the team. And again, I don't see any offer sheets coming to New York for D'Angelo, but they'll definitely be matched if any do come. Uh, the second defenseman on my list is Mikhail Sergachev from the Tampa Bay Lightning. <clears throat> Sergachev had 10 goals, 24 assists for 34 points in 70 games. Um, Tampa Bay has $1.2 million to work with, which is quite a bit more than I thought they did, consider, like, considering how many good players they have there in Tampa Bay. But Mikhail Sergachev is definitely the second-best defenseman on that team behind Victor Hedman, and he's just one of those players that you have to resign. Um, I'm thinking four to five years at five to six million again. He might ask for a little bit more, maybe like five to eight million. I could see happening him asking for five to somewhere between five to eight million. And I definitely think I don't think again I don't think an offer sheet will be coming for Mikhail Sergachev. But if a team really needed some good defensemen, maybe like a top pairing defenseman, and like they got rid of one of their top pairing defensemen because it just wasn't working, and they got some cap space, and they offered. Sergachev like nine or ten million dollars maybe even eleven million dollars to be a top pairing player for a long time then I don't think that that will be matched by the lightning but I don't see that happening because I don't see any teams having all the teams that do have potentially enough cap space have um, good teams and just I don't see them wanting to get Sergachev, so I don't see that coming. The third defenseman I have on my list is Ryan Polak from the New York Islanders. Um, he had 10 goals, 25 assists for 35 points in 68 games. Like I said before, the Islanders have about $3 million to work with to sign Barzell, Polak, and Taves. Um, Polak is like a second pairing defenseman. He only... He didn't. He doesn't get many points, but he is a very good defensive defenseman. So I'm thinking four to five years at maybe three to four million. So a little bit on the cheaper end. Um, I think that's pretty. I mean, I'm not gonna say really cheap, but that is a little bit on the cheaper end for what he provides for the Islanders, especially since, um, like Boychuk and all their like top pairing defensemen are a bit older so they're like in their 30s and Pollock is on that second pairing and only being around 25 ish I think so if they get him locked up from four to five years maybe even six years at three to four million that would be a great contract for the Islanders so I definitely think um, that would be a great sign for the Islanders but on this one, I do see maybe an offer sheet coming for Ryan Pollock because, like I said before, Matthew Barzell is um, the main priority in New York 
I think, for this offseason. So if they spend all their money on Barzell and they only have like two or three million left over to sign Pollock and they give him that and someone else comes in and they just and they offer him like not like five or six million, which isn't that much more and is a reasonable offer for how good he is. I don't think that that could be matched because of them signing Barzell first. So I don't think that they would be able to match that if someone did come in and offer him five or six million dollars. So they would have to get, give up Pollock because he is a great depth defenseman and he's pretty he's relatively young, so he could definitely grow and be potentially a top pairing guy for some of these teams. The fourth defenseman I have on my list is Nikita Zadorov from the Colorado Avalanche. Now, I thought Zadorov produced a little bit more than I did find out. He only has four goals, nine assists for 13 points in 64 games. Then I did a little more research and found out that he is a much more defensive defenseman than he is offensive. And Colorado is like, I think they have the second most cap space in the NHL with $5.4 million to work with. And they... At that amount of cap space, Zadorov isn't going to ask for 5 or $6 million. And if he does, the Avalanche aren't going to sign him for that much. Um, they should resign him because he's a good depth defensive defenseman. So if they pair him with a really offensive defenseman, then that would work great. Maybe a second or third pairing guy. But I think he'll ask for two to three years at $1 or $2 million. I'm only saying two or three years. Because if he signs a contract for one or two million dollars and for like four to six years and he turns into a top pairing defenseman and he has like three years left at um, like two million dollars, then that would be a great contract for the Avalanche. But for him, that wouldn't be great because he could be making a lot more money. So I think that he'll only ask for a couple of years so that he can grow a little bit and then his next contract will be hoping for a bigger one, a bigger salary. And I don't he's he's pretty underrated. I don't see any teams offer sheeting him, although I do think that um teams could offer sheet him if they did offer him like five or six million for some reason, then the Colorado Avalanche like they could match that. But I just don't see them spending all their cap space um, on like a depth defensive defenseman. So I don't think I don't, and that wouldn't really affect them that much if they lost Zadorov. So I don't really see that being a problem if he did if they did lose him. But again, I don't really see any offer sheets here. And the fifth and final defenseman that I have on this list is Devon Taves from the Islanders. He's the third restricted free agent that they have to sign this season. And he's definitely the third most important. So Barzell, Pollock, and then Taves. Um, He's a depth defenseman. He's young. He has six goals and 22 assists for 28 points in 68 games. So he produces more than Zadorov does. But he doesn't produce as much as Pollock or something so to where he would be more of a priority to sign than Pollock. Um, again, the Islanders have $3 million to work with. And 
He's a good depth defensive defenseman, like I said before. So if they can resign him, great. If they can't resign him, then I don't think it'll hurt them that much because he doesn't produce that much and he's kind of a bottom pairing guy. So it wouldn't affect them if they lost one of their bottom pairing guys. I'm sure that they have someone just as good, maybe a little, maybe not as good, but still pretty good in the AHL for them to just bring up and throw in that bottom pair. So I think he'll ask for three to four years at around two or three million dollars. Again, it's not like a big contract, but signing Taves at three million dollars would bring up all their cap space. I'm not sure that he will be signed because um, after they get through Barzell, which is their main priority, and then they s- somehow sign Ryan Pollock if they have the cap space. And I don't, if they do get that far, I don't think they'll have enough cap space to sign Taves at two or three million. And I don't think he'll take less than two. So I don't know. And if he does get offer sheet, I have here on my list that um, no offer sheets coming his way. But if they don't have cap space, or anything to sign him, then teams could look at that and say, oh, he's not a bad defenseman. He, we could throw him on our bottom pair, and they could offer him cheap. Like, they could offer him 2 or $3 million, and the Islanders wouldn't be able to uh, match the offer, so they could just steal him. So that's it for the defensemen, and now on to the goalies. Now, the first goalie I have on my list is Matt Murray from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Both of their goalies are in restricted free agency, Murray and Jari, but Jari is third on this list, and I'll talk about both of them and just which one I think will be the starter and the main guy and why I have it like that. So starting off with Matt Murray, this season, Matt Murray has a 2.87 goals against average and a .899 save percentage. So he, so through however many games they played, I think it's like 70, he isn't even a 900 save percentage. And But the Pittsburgh Penguins only have about 800000 to work with in cap space. I do think that they can generate a lot more cap space than that. Now for the contract, I think Matt Murray will want more years, but... Um, I think that the Penguins will only resign if they do resign him because they do have three decent goalies. They have Murray, Jari, and DeSmith. So Jari is better than Murray right now, but I think he's not like ready to play fifth anywhere from fifty to seventy games like starters do. So I think one or two years at maybe seven or eight million dollars because they're not gonna be able to sign Murray yet one or two years for like four million dollars. I'm thinking like two years at seven and a half and then I don't think if they do sign him through the expansion draft, I do have an expand my expansion draft predictions coming out soon. So if He does have a contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins through the expansion draft. I think that the Penguins won't protect Murray and just let him go to the um, new Seattle team so that 
just like they did with um, Flurry to the Vegas Golden Knights when Matt Murray was up and coming in their backup. So if they do that to Murray with the, with the um, Seattle team, then that could work out good. Um, I'm only, only one to two years to get Jari a little bit more ready for the starter role and slowly ease him into more games over the next like two or three seasons, whatever it is. And I don't think that anybody will offer sheet Matt Murray. Um, maybe if they did offer, maybe if a team's looking for a, a young goalie because Murray is only 25. If a team is looking for a young starter, then they could give Murray starter money like eight or nine million dollars. And the Penguins would just be like, uh, I think we can live without with Jari being the starter. So we'll just um, not match this. So there could potentially be some offer sheets happening, but I really don't see it. I don't think, I don't know of any teams that are in need of a goalie. Maybe San Jose, because they have two 30-year-olds in Arendelle and Martin Jones that aren't putting up great numbers, but I don't think they have the cap space anyway, so I really don't see any offer sheets coming. Now, second on the list for restricted free agents is... Elvis Merzlikens um, from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, Merzlikens came in about halfway through the season and he just broke out and was phenomenal for them. No one thought that the Blue Jackets would do, would even make the playoffs or be close to making the playoffs after they lost Panarin, Duchesne, Dezingle, and Bobrovsky to off to the free agent market last season. But with Merzlikens playing so well and Corpy Solo not doing super bad, they have snuck into a wild card spot. So Merzlikens had a 2.35 goals against average and a 9.23 save percentage. Columbus, again, has $5 million to work with, so they should be able to sign Merzlikens if they generate some cap space because Pierre-Luc Dubois is the first priority there in Columbus. But if they do generate enough cap space, they will definitely sign Merzlikens. And he's, he has phenomenal potential, and he's just a phenomenal player right now. I think in his first, like, his first, like, 10 games, he had, I don't know if it was 10 games, but however many games he's played, he's gotten, like, six or seven shutouts. He's a great goalie, and by his numbers, he's just going to get even better. The third goalie on my list is Tristan Jari. Like I just talked about when I was going over Matt Murray from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jari had a 2.43 goals against average and a 9.21 save percentage. And that is a lot better numbers than uh, Matt Murray has. So again, Jari is a little bit younger. And they have been easing him into a little bit more games. I think Murray and Jari are splitting games. Maybe not quite at that point yet, but close to splitting games. And they only have 800000 to work with, but again, I do think that they can generate enough cap space to re-sign all the players that they need to re-sign. Um, he's a great young goalie. I'm thinking four to five years at five to six million dollars. And I just realized that I didn't um, say what I th my price range for Merzlikens. I think that Merzlikens will get four to five years at anywhere from four to five million because of the way he's played over however many games he's played. Now back to Jari. 
I think he'll get four to five years at five to six million. Four to five years gives the Penguins enough time to ease Murray off a little bit and ease Jari into the starter role and work with him for a season or two and then see if he's a good enough starter. And if he's not, then they'll be able to look around for a better goalie and they won't be stuck with his contract forever. Um, maybe Jari gets offer sheeted, but they'll definitely, definitely match. Um, they'll definitely match whatever comes in for Jari. Now, the fourth goalie on my list is Alexander Georgiev from the New York Rangers. Now, Georgiev is the older of the two young goalies that they have. They have three goalies there in New York. And so they have Georgiev, which has played the majority of the games this season. They have Georgiev, Lundqvist, and Igor Shajorkin. Now, Shajorkin is supposed to be better than Georgiev, and I guess they'll probably give up Lundqvist at the draft, or the expansion draft, and not protect him, because Georgiev and Shajorkin are, have great potential, and I just, and Lundqvist has been not playing as many games as he usually does. He's been sitting the bench a lot more, and he does have a really big contract. But I don't think that they can give up either of these great potential young goalies. So Georgiev had a 3.04 goals against average and a 9-10 save percentage through the games that he's played this season. The goals against isn't good, but the Rangers do score a lot of goals. And their defense isn't the greatest, so it does make sense. But his save percentage is good. The Rangers have $3.8 million to work with. And like I said, they definitely should re-sign Georgiev. And I'm thinking three to four years at two to three million dollars for Georgiev is a good contract. Just because um, with Shajorkin coming up, if Lundqvist, if they somehow get rid of Lundqvist, like I know that there were a bunch of rumors that at the trade deadline they were shopping Lundqvist but couldn't find a trade partner for him because Lundqvist is 35 and has a big contract even though he is still good. But... Three to four years at two to three million dollars. If he plays a majority of the games um, at the moment, while Shajorkin is still in the AHL, growing a little bit, um, by the end of that, two, three to four years, or maybe in the third or fourth year, um, Shajorkin will be up and he'll be the starter, and Georgiev will be the backup, and then who knows what they'll do with Lundqvist. But I do think Georgiev will end up backing up. Um, Shajorkin, I don't know if the Rangers will keep him if Georgiev grows into the starter role. I don't think that they'll waste a, poten- a good young potential goalie to be a backup. I just don't think they'll do that. So they might trade him for something because he does have a lot of potential. So the fifth and final goalie that I have on my list is Linus Allmark from the Buffalo Sabres. Now, Allmark is the backup to... Hutton right now in Buffalo and he had a 2.69 goals against average and a 9.15 save percentage. Buffalo is another one of those teams that doesn't have much money to work with this offseason and they have 850000 to work with so I don't think that they can get Allmark signed in that amount of cap space that they have. 
it just won't happen. You're not going to get anyone for 850000 Plus, they have more than one player that they do have to sign this offseason. So, um, Allmark, they, have to, they absolutely have to resign because he is their next starter. Because Carter Hutton is pretty old and he is slowing down. And if they want to be a playoff team, then they do have to have a good goalie. And Allmark is a good goalie. And he is, he just has great potential. And he definitely has potential to be their next starter. I'm thinking three to four years at three to four million dollars. I don't see them offering him any more because, again, they don't have that much cap space. So they won't be able to generate more cap space than that. And he, there is potential for him to be offer sheeted. But I definitely don't think um, that they'll just let that the Sabres will let him go because. They don't have anyone else besides Allmark to be their next starter. So they'd have to sign someone at a free agency in the next couple of years when Hutton isn't as good anymore. And yeah, I just don't think he'll get offer sheeted and they'll definitely match it. So that's it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope everyone is staying safe and I guess catch it Friday.